yeah, so we are going to be talking about, about unity today. And uh, in, in honor of, of Wesley, no, in honor of the Lord, uh, we're going to start from Genesis. And, <laughs> and um, in Genesis, um, th- this, is God, this idea of unity is, is not just God's idea, but it's actually his identity. He is a God of unity. Um, he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is three in one. It is just actually who he, who he is. And how did he create us? What does it say in Genesis? He created us in his image. So we are actually created with that same identity of unity. We are created to be one. And, and, and you can see in, um, in John 17, 20, it says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, talking about his, this is Jesus talking about his disciples, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that's all of us, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So God, he, he, Jesus is praying, let, we, we are one, this is, this is just fact, Father, you and I are one, but I want all of these guys here and everyone to come to be one with each other. I want them to be unified. But not only that, I want them to be unified with us so that we all are one. That's amazing. And I'm not sure that I live my life that way every day. And so that's why I want to talk about this today. Because you and I are probably similar in that way, right? I I want us to be living our lives in this way where, where we are unified because there is power when we operate as we're called to, to be, and we live out of this, this place of who we are. Um, first, I'm going to start with a negative example of unity. How about that? <laughs> but it's to show you the power of unity, even, even when, they, when people were doing this not with the Lord. Um, it doesn't last when you, do it, when you don't do it with the Lord. But um, back, in, back in Genesis again, you're welcome, Wesley. Um, back in Genesis, they were building this tower, this tower to Babel, uh, to- the Tower of Babel. They were trying to build a city, trying to build this tower. And, and we don't understand all of what their motive was, but we know that this wasn't God-ordained, right? We know that, that they weren't doing this because God had called them to build this city and build this tower. Um, not, not good motives, but they came together, what we do know is they came together and they were of one mind to build this city, and there was extreme power in it, because the Lord says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people, and they have the same language, and this is what they began to do, and now nothing, look at that, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. These are people who are doing something apart from God's will and apart from God's plan. But then, of course, there is the sovereignty of God, right? Come, let us go down. This is God talking to himself. (laughs) Let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Um, so he went and he confused their language. Now we're going to jump over to Acts where there's some similarity here. In Acts 2, 
the disciples of Jesus were gathered in an upper room, and they were all in one accord. They were all of one mind, and they were there to build the kingdom, really. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. They were waiting on God's plan to be ushered in so that the, uh, something amazing could be built. Better than any tower, better than any city, but the kingdom of God would be established. And I love, I love the, the verse or the, uh, the Greek word that's used there. I believe it's probably pronounced homothumadon, and it means to rush along and in unison. It's a compound word. It means rush along and in unison. That's what they, they gather together in one accord. And um, some scholar who's probably a lot smarter than I am um, talks about this word. He says, the image is almost musical. A number of notes are sounded which, while different, harmonize in pitch and tone as the instruments of a great concert under the direction of a concert master. So the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of members of Christ's church. Isn't that beautiful? That is just a beautiful picture of, of being in one accord. And, and so then what happened at, at Pentecost while they were gathered in the upper room is God came down and rather than confusing their language, he gave them new tongues to speak, which actually gathered people together. And people from every tribe and tongue who were gathered there in Jerusalem gathered around, and it did sound confusing to people, but then they began to hear in their own language God's word and his plan and his purposes so that the kingdom of God could be built and could be established. Isn't that amazing? God is so cool. Now, that wouldn't have been my plan, you know, with the, the big, the pan that we stepped on, you know. I would have created a different kind of plan. My way wouldn't have been, i tell you what we're going to do. After Jesus goes up into heaven, for one thing, I wouldn't have sent Jesus back up into heaven. <laughs> Start right there. I would have been like, let's just keep him on earth. He's doing a great job. Let's keep going. After Jesus goes into heaven... A rushing wind blows in, so they get their hair blown, and then tongues of fire are resting on top of the disciples' heads. That's just weird, right? And, and then they begin to speak in all kinds of different languages, and people thought they were drunk. Now, is that a good plan, Andrew, Steve? Like, is that a good plan? Let's, let's make people everywhere around here think that we're drunk. That wouldn't be our plan, Right? God's ways are different, and it requires us waiting on him and tuning in to his voice and, and waiting on him and listening to him to know what his plans and his purposes are. Um, and that's why unity is so important, because this requires all of us to connect in together and tune in to hear the voice of the Lord, um, because his ways are so different. And in our American culture um, we, we've kind of, let's be honest, let's, let's be honest and say we have kind of elevated independence and being, uh, you know, a, a self-made man, right? That's kind of a, a big deal. I mean, we, we actually were built on a declaration of independence. Now, I'm not, I'm not down on the declaration of independence, obviously. Freedom is important, and, and, and that's all good. But I'm just saying, out of this place, we have kind of 
gone astray a little bit and, and elevated and glorified independence above some other values and, and have, have not um, tuned into the power of unity the way that I think we can. Um, and so that's what I want us to do today. I want to challenge you today to, to begin to think, where are those places where I've become independent in my thinking? Where are those places where I have um, decided I want to do this all by self? You know, where have I acted like a two-year-old <laughs> and, and wanted to, to just do this on my own, build this on my own? For me, I think it's been in my business. That's been a big place that I have struggled. Um, I, want to, I want to do it. Sometimes it's because it's easier. You know, it's easier to not have to wrestle things out with other people, right? But sometimes it's because we want the pride on the other side of it to say, I did this all by myself. But how much more we can accomplish and what more can we do when we are unified and when we're all together? So as you, as you look through the scriptures, you see God really, because it is his identity and not just an idea, he talks about, he talks to us in a very unified way. So the words that we, when, when you read you in, in scripture, when it says you do this, you are blessed with this, it's not saying you are blessed with this, it's saying you are blessed with this. But we don't really have, most of the time, there are, there are specific examples of, of singular, but a lot of it's plural. Now in Texas, I, I didn't grow up in Texas. Um, I actually, I'm sorry, apologize. I was born in Michigan. I, I, I lived in, thank you for your forgiveness. Um, I, was, I was born in Michigan. I, I lived in Wisconsin and Illinois and Missouri. Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting all that. Um, but finally, as they say, I, I finally made it to, to here. And, and so I'm, I'm really happy about that. But I didn't, I didn't know, thank you. I didn't know growing up that um, there was a proper way to say you plural. I, I thought it was you. I thought that was one way to say it. I, you know, in Wisconsin, it was like, you guys. And, you know, you guys. And so you guys was kind of my common thing. Or maybe if I was trying to be proper, you all. But, of course, in our Texas, we know the proper way to say you plural is y'all. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and see, that's, that's where I was getting to because I could, I, this is, I had to live here a while to figure this out. Like, if I, if I was saying, Craig, I could actually just be talking to Craig, and I could say, Craig, y'all want to go to barbecue? And I could just be talking to Craig. So there is a, there's actually a higher level of definition that you need here in Texas. If, if I want his whole family to come with me, I'd say, Hey, Craig, all y'all want to come to barbecue with me? And, and that is the proper way to define things in a plural form. So I just think it's important, right? I mean, grammar is important. And so I, I kind of came up with this Texas version for John 15, 16. All y'all did not choose me, but I chose all y'all and appointed all y'all that all y'all should go and bear fruit and that all y'all's fruit should abide so that whatever all y'all ask in the Father's name, the Father in my name, he may give it to all y'all. So that is the proper way 
to say John 15, 16. So, yeah, you finally understood me. That's good. I, I didn't realize this is, this is the right way to do it. But I, I'm not saying we should necessarily, you know, come up with a Texas version. I guess someone might want to. I, let's be honest. Someone probably already has, right? I mean, we have so many, so many different versions. But the point is, we want to understand the Bible in the context that it's written, right? And I think it's so good to personalize the Bible. I'm, I'm not discounting that because I want to know God so loved me that he gave his only son for me that I should have eternal life. He loves me that much. He, for, he has forgiven me of all my sins. It's so good, right? It's so good. But when we understand that the, the majority of the Bible, much of the Bible at least, is written to all y'all, then we need, we need to be reading the Bible in that context, right? We need to understand it from that perspective because it, it lines us up with the identity that we were created to have. It lines us up with the identity of being one body and one with the Lord rather than me, this individual person who's trying to do it all by myself. So uh, kids... Have you ever heard, raise your hand, have you ever heard kids when we talk about the body of Christ, that we are the body of Christ? Yeah, if you haven't read Romans 12, 4, or some of the other verses, then that may just sound really weird, that we are a body? I don't understand. That's so weird, right? But, so let's read. Let's read Romans 12, 4 through 5 says, just as our bodies, and it's talking about like my physical body has many parts, and each part has a special function. So like I have an ear, I can hear with the ear. I have a nose, I can smell with the nose, right? And so, so it is with Christ's body. That's us. That's all of us. We are many parts of that one body, and we all belong to each other. Okay, so I if, if I, if if my ear didn't belong to me, that would be weird, right? If my ear just tried to, like, go be by itself, that would be pretty bizarre. Well, that's what happens when one of the all y'all tries to go and be by itself. It just, it's not healthy. And so... We're meant to all be together, and we're meant to all have specific functions and special functions within the body of Christ. So that's what it's talking about, guys, when it's talking about the body of Christ, and we are a body. And, you know, when we first started microchurches, this was a big part of our goal in microchurches. Microchurches is a, a small version of the body of Christ. It's a representation of of the body of Christ. And so we, we had questions when we first started microchurches, like, why don't we just have a worship microchurch? Why don't we just have a prayer microchurch? And, and of course, there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a night of worship, having a prayer meeting. All that's great. But when, what, we, what we were trying to develop here with microchurches is like what we have here. We have the body of Christ with all of the special functions of each part operating together. So what we didn't want to have is an ear group microchurch and a mouth group microchurch 
where all the ears together try to come together and make an ear body. That would be weird, right? We don't want just a, a big foot body over here with just foots coming out of every part of you. And I think it's really important for us to have that picture in our head, right? So again, I'm not saying we can't have a night of worship, a night of prayer, a, a time when all the prophets gather together to, to, um, to learn how to prophesy better. That's awesome. That's great. That is a part of the, the body functioning. But when we're trying to gather in a micro church, that is, that is where we want to represent Christ's body to its fullness, and so that's why in microchurch we do all the things. We, we have a time of worship. We have a time where we're digging into God's word and we have people teaching and doing devotionals and we, we, we come together and we, we connect together as a body in, in all the different ways. And it's so important for us to do that. But, but what does it look like, guys, for us really practically to, to walk in unity? This is really where I want to get. What does it look like to walk in unity? And I think one, one aspect, and I think this is really important, is for us to all have a common goal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says that all of you, that all y'all, would be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. We need to have the same purpose. And I, and I just want to commend Andrew. You have done an amazing job in keeping our mission statement in front of us as convergence. Let's, I, hasn't he done an amazing job? I mean, so good. Thank you, honey. Such an amazing job. I mean, I know everyone on staff can say we exist to encounter Jesus to transform cities with his power and his love. It rolls off the tongue now because it's been kept in front of us daily, weekly, you know, it's, it's a part of who we are. Now, part of that is developing a mission statement and, and knowing what the, the purpose is, that it's under God, right? That it's, it's God's purpose for us and that it is, it is already in our DNA, isn't it? I mean, we, Kim and I have been here 25 years, over 25 years, and since then, since the very beginning, beginning, we, we were an encounter church. We have always been an encounter church. We've always it's been our, ex, our, the meaning for our existence is to encounter the presence of God. And of course, we don't want it to stay here. We want it to go out into the city. We want his love and his power to be transformational to every single person around us. So it's not that you just have to keep a mission statement in front of you all the time. It has to be who you are, right? And so that common purpose is so important for us to have the unity that we need. Um, and, and I would encourage you guys, um, it may just be our convergence mission statement, but I believe every family should have a mission statement. I feel very strongly about this. And, and in case you already checked out because you're like, I don't, I'm not a part of a family, wrong. You are a part of a family. <laughs> Every person is a part of a family. Because when I'm saying family, I'm not meeting mom and dad and two kids. I'm talking about who are those five to ten people that you are in close relationship with. That's your family. So I, wanna, I want us to define family according to, uh, according to that, not according to just blood. Of course, blood is very important, you know. Um, but 
but when I, when I use the term family, I want us to be all on the same page with that. So I think it's very important for us to, to have a family mission statement. And again, keep it in front of you. And I'll just be, be real and vulnerable because I think that's number three or four on this list that I'm going through. Um, I, Kim and I have developed family mission statements with our family, but it's not something I've kept on the fridge. And I'm not sure any of my kids could quote it to me. I'm not sure I could quote it to me, to be honest with you. Um, but that was something that the Lord kind of refreshed for me this week is, man, that's something you have to keep, keep active, keep, keep in front of you. What is our purpose? Because that's what keeps us unified. That's what's going to keep your family, one of the things that's going to keep your family together and unified and moving forward in, in the purpose that, that God has for you. Um, so the next thing is, is time and doing things together, time and activity. Um, well, let's just keep going. We're not too vulnerable yet, but let's just keep being vulnerable, okay? How many of you guys, and I'm going to raise my hand, so if you guys, to give all of you the freedom, how many of you guys, when you get home at night, you might just go and be off by yourself? Yep. Yeah, that, that is common. We, you might go off, get on your phone, get on your computer, and hibernate in your room, and everybody kind of goes and does their own thing. And I'm not saying that that is never okay to do, but it shouldn't be the common thing, right? It should be that we're spending time together as families. Um, we should be spending time together, probably more time together as a church, right? We need to connect in together. And, and sometimes that's serving together. Sometimes it's, hey, I, I just want to join the coffee team. I want to, I want to be with people a little bit more, right? I want to serve over in kids ministry. I want to, um, is there anything that needs to be done here at the church? You know, we're going to be building a playground not too long. Woohoo! Excited about that. We're going to be building a playground down there. And I don't know actually if Dwight wants me to be a part. Maybe I can dig a hole because um, I know he wants skilled people. Um, <laughs> so, but I can dig a hole, you know, um, but there, there are things that we can do to, to connect in and serve each other. And, um, and actually, I do, I do want to say this. The Lord, the Lord didn't bring this message of unity today because, because it was like, you know, a revelation to the church of convergence. I have this one thing against you. That's not why he's having a message of unity. In fact, I think he would say, I'm so proud of you for the unity that I see in, in each one of you, for the unity that, that you guys have together. Because in the past few years, honestly, um, it's been some of the hardest years for many of us in the body. And I have seen a coming together. I've observed it. I've experienced it myself. And, and I've enjoyed seeing the unity that is in this church. So this isn't a, this isn't a, a message of correction, but rather a message of way to go. You're doing it so well, and, and God has even, even more for us because what you have stewarded so well, God wants to double it and bless it. He wants, he wants even more uh, unity poured out because there's a commanded blessing there. There's a commanded blessing when there's unity, and he wants to bless what we have all stewarded very well, especially in this past season. Um, so time and, time and, and activity doing things together. And then open communication vulnerability. Um, this, I think, uh, especially as a staff, I've, I've seen us grow in this. 
um, so much in, in this past few years um, to, to be open with our, our weaknesses, our hurts, our pains, um, is something that we have stepped into at, at a super high level um, as a staff, and I'm so thankful for that because you, more than anything else, vulnerability will increase intimacy in your relationships, and that is kind of the, 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 the deepest part of what unity is all about is, is intimacy and connection and um, you know, Paul talked about his struggles all the time, didn't he? You look throughout the, the letters that he wrote, and he, he almost always starts with, you know, I'm a prisoner. I've, I've gone through all of these hard things. And, and he would even boast about his weakness, wouldn't he? And, and so it, it is, it's something that the Lord wants us to do is to, to share where we're being, where, where we are struggling, where we are, are weak. And so I just challenge you with a question. Is there any place where you're struggling, where your family is having a hard time, where there's pain and hurt, and nobody in your community knows about it? Is there any place? Is there any place where, where you're struggling and nobody in your community knows about it? I would say probably for most of us, that's probably true for most of us. There's probably something that nobody, nobody in your community knows about. And Sometimes the enemy can come in and convince you that, that you don't need to, to share that. For, and, and he tries to be creative, right? The enemy tries to be creative at least. So he comes up with some different strategies. Um, he might say, you can handle it yourself. You can do it all by self. Um, you, can be, you can be independent and self-reliant, and you can handle it. Um, but he might also use the tactic of, well, they should already know what you're going through, even though you've never told them what you're going through. I, I know it sounds weird when you say it out loud, but how many of you guys have experienced that? Either yourself or someone else telling you, you know, well, I just thought everybody knew. How would we know if you didn't ever tell us that you're going through this thing, right? You probably experienced it in your marriage. You probably experienced it with your kids. We have to communicate what our needs are. And don't let the enemy convince you that everybody should just know what you're going through. You have to communicate it. Um, and then, of course, the enemy also tries to just heap shame on us, doesn't he? He tries to keep us, keep us down and keep us isolated with, Ugh, well, I know no one else is going through this and Something must just be wrong with me, and da 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 da, and on and on and on. And it's just not true, guys. Isolation is not where you need to be. Alone is not where you need to be. You're only going to find the power that you need to overcome through community and connection, and through being honest and open and vulnerable. And you have to communicate to do that. So I would encourage you, even this week, Find one thing you can open up about to someone outside of your immediate family. Find something that, that you, you want to open up and begin to open up. Because as you do, more things will unfold. And you'll find that vulnerability becomes a really, really good habit for you as you continue to open up more and more. 
And then last of all, celebration. And, and you know, Steve has always been amazing at, at this value of, of pushing celebration. We always start every staff meeting up with, uh, with a testimony, you know, or with multiple testimonies. What, what good has God done this week? What has God done in your life this week? What have you seen God do this week that's amazing? And then we celebrate it, and we cheer, and uh, we celebrate all the wins that, that are happening. And so I would encourage you guys, make room for this in your families. Make a time every week, maybe every day. You know, maybe it's at dinner time. Maybe it's when you're driving kids to school. Maybe it's when you're um, sitting, uh, sitting down or, you know, husbands and wives laying down at bed at night. Um, celebrate the wins. But, but do it together. Do it with somebody. Um, and again, this isn't about mom and dad and two kids, right? Make a time that you're celebrating with your community, with your family um, on a regular basis. And so that may mean I need to set up a coffee time, you know, with a few of my closest, most intimate friends, and we celebrate the wins. Maybe, maybe your microchurch, maybe microchurch is your, um, the core family that you have. And so make sure that you are celebrating those wins in microchurch, celebrating what God has done in your life. And I, I don't limit it. I think a lot of times we limit, um, limit those things to, well, because we'll hear something amazing like, um, God just cured me of cancer, or um, I saw a leg grow out, or something like that. And we think it's got to be this like miraculous, amazing thing that's, that's really big. Um, and those are awesome, of course. But what has God done? It can be, man, my toe was hurting. My toe's not hurting anymore. Man, I was, I was not getting along with my wife, and today was a great day with her, actually. Um, the, the Lord showed me something to, to say to one of my kids or to, to one of my coworkers that really just encouraged them. And that was the first time in a while that I've, I've really heard the Lord say, you know, say something that really was an encouragement to somebody. You know, guys, that is a win. That is a testimony. So don't discount any of those, okay? All right. Well, hey, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. I'm excited about, about how he wants to, um, to open up our hearts even more to each other and to, to take us even deeper into places of community. Um, and again, I just want to say, this isn't, this isn't about, we haven't been doing it right. Okay. Can I reiterate that? Um, I think that we have been doing really, really well. And I just, I just want to commend every single person in here who has stepped into a place of, of taking a meal to a friend, of going and comforting those who are hurting, um, We've had, we've had so much of that in our microchurch, just with our friends coming over and helping us and encouraging us and speaking life to us. And um, so you guys are doing well, okay? But I want us to step in to a, a, an even deeper place of community because I think that the Lord has more for us in this season. He has, he has more community, more people to bring into our lives, and that's going to require drilling down deeper into the current relationships that we have now. 
so that there's a depth and a vulnerability and, a, and an intimacy that we have with those that we're already connected with so that we have more to give out. So what I want us to do is, um, do you guys agree with this? Are you on board with, with going deeper in community and deeper in unity? All right. So if you've had agreement with, with what I've said, what I want us to do is I want us to um, make a big circle. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. We're going to make a big circle and I'll hold hands and we're going to make a declaration of unity. We're going to make a declaration of unity. I'm going to come down here. Yeah, it'll be slightly amoeba-ish. But let's do the best we can to not have any breaks. All right, we need some people going across the middle here. Stretch a little. Yeah, there you go, Jesse. Stretch a little. There we go. Good job, good job. Stretch out a little bit over here, Toby. Jessica, yeah, oh, okay, there, Josh is doing it. Good. Jason, you stretch too. All right, yeah, come through the middle, Steve. That's good. Oh, they're, they're going through. So this is a representation of how we have to make adjustments. It's okay. As a community, sometimes we have to adjust when things don't go as we plan. There we go. Yeah, Amy and Steve, you guys just head on back that way. Awesome. Hey, good job. All right, y'all are dismissed. We did it. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was, that was the job that we had to, to all be connected. Can you hold my arm? Thank you. All right, um, so we are going to make a declaration of unity right now, and um, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to just, just wait a beat um, after I say it before you repeat it, um, because I want it to get into your heart. And as much as we can, I want us to look at each other, look from across the room, and look at each other, and, and we're making this declaration to each other, to all y'all, all y'all. So, um, but it, it is going to be up on the up on the screen. So, I know so, I don't know why, but sometimes it's hard to remember more than five words at a time, isn't it? It's weird. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll say it, and you guys repeat it after me. I am created in God's image and created for relationship. Awesome. I am created to be one with God and one with all y'all. We are all his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. I am committed to doing life with all y'all. I am committed to being vulnerable and open with all y'all about my weaknesses. Guys, that's a, that's a big commitment. You got that? 
We're, we're committing this. Our words are important. I can remember when we, um, we wrote some things out one time, Kim and I, for our kids. We made some declarations, and they happened by the end of the year. So this right here, committing yourself to being vulnerable and open by all y'all about, your, about weaknesses, that might happen by the end of the year. Won't that be exciting? Yeah. All right. I need the strength that is in this community. And all y'all need the strength that I bring to this community. Yes, we do. We as a community are submitted to Christ and are unified to carry out his plans and desires. We exist to encounter Jesus and to transform cities with his power and his love. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Woo. Let, let me pray for you guys and then. After I pray, I would love for any of our microchurch pastors to come up to the front, any of our altar team to come up to the front. And just as we, as we um, dismiss, if you have not opened your heart up to anybody about a, a need that you have, about a place of struggle that you have, this would be a great time to do it. Um, if you have been feeling that place of independence and want to talk to somebody about it, just you simply coming and talking to one of these microchurch pastors, one of these altar team people, they, um, that, that will break off a lot of that independence and, and get you started on a journey of, of unity. So, so, Lord, we just ask right now that you would um, just continue to open our hearts up to, to you and to each other, Lord, and that we would go into greater places of unity in 2022, greater places that we have not seen before, Lord, um, I pray that we would finish 2022, Lord, um, so surprised uh, by the level of vulnerability and openness um, that we have at the end of the year, Lord, um, that you would surprise us with your goodness and with your commanded blessing, Lord, that you would multiply what we have been stewarding here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys.